Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Hi everybody and welcome to the third Sunday of February. I feel like this year is going by fast already. (laughs) Hey, you'll be aware that we live in an age of what we sometimes call celebrity culture where people become brands and faces become synonymous with success, be that some kind of product or service or an institution. Here are some examples that you may well recognize. George Clooney, well, he's been the face of Nespresso since 2006. Or Stephen Fleming, cricketer, has advocated for jitsu heat pumps for years. What about rugby broadcasting legend Keith Quinn? He's promoted Cigna funeral insurance for years. You'll recognize his voice. A few years ago, All Blacks coach Steve Hansen was the face of Arnott's Biscuits. Or Richie McCaw, rugby players, star a lot, has been trying to sell versatile garages for a number of years now. Going slightly wider, closer to my heart, Steph Curry gets paid a ridiculous amount of money to be the brand ambassador for Under Armour sports gear. In our times, this kind of marketing has also become evident within the church. Many of you would associate global megachurches with a particular person, for better or worse sometimes. If I was to say the name of these global brand churches, who do you think of? Hillsong Church, Brian Houston. What about Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago? Bill Hybels, like I say, for better or worse. Or what about the, the Yoido Full Gospel Church in Seoul? Some of you would know Cho Yong Gi or Holy Trinity Brompton in London, Nicky Gumbel. Of course, we could do the same here in New Zealand. Think of the smooth young face that comes to mind when I say Windsor Park Baptist Church. Like I said, for better or worse. The side effect of this modern iteration of the church is that it has become common that people associate a particular church with one person. And the communities that we serve decide what they think about the church generally because of one or maybe a couple of different people. Billboards, marketing strategies and political comments have increasingly become the way that the church is represented in a nation where the church does not hold the voice it once did in the public square. In my opinion, the downside of this is that the people on the billboards or who appear in the media aren't Jesus. And we all know, though, that putting billboards of Jesus up or talking about what Jesus said just doesn't cut the mustard in New Zealand these days. So we've morphed into something different. Today, in the third week of a series that I've called Conspiracies That Seek to Kill the Church and the Truth That Sets Her Free, I've used this series in February to talk about I guess vision, but this year I've gone a little wider and I'm speaking about some of the more general issues that the whole church wrestles with in our nation, not just us. I want to suggest that there is a conspiracy theory that says to us that the success of the church depends upon the senior or the lead pastor, somebody like me. I then want to show you from the scriptures why this 
is a conspiracy theory and tell you the truth that hopefully can give the church some new life. Spoiler alert, like last week, the truth will be quite confronting for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, which I know is predominantly, but not exclusively, the the audience that I do speak with most weeks. The conspiracy theory that the success of the church depends upon a, a figurehead type pastor or leader suggests to us that the growth and the success of the church is dependent upon the, the charisma, the oratory skills, the appearance, or the abilities of one or, or maybe just a couple of people. And that they are what drives the impact of the church in our society. We talk about personality politics. It's kind of the same thing that we might call personality church. The most popular gets the ratings. Now, don't get me wrong, and I want to give a personal disclosure. I'm not undermining leadership gifts and abilities and that some people are more competent at communication than others. I certainly recognize and am an advocate for the fact that some people have gifts and abilities that are more public than others. That's just the the joy of diversity. And it's exactly how God has wired us to be so that together we'd contribute to the greater good. But importantly, those gifts aren't better or more important than any other gifts. They're just different. The truth that confronts this conspiracy theory is found like usual within the pages of the scriptures. And these truths, when we accept them, can definitely bring new life to the church in ways that are powerfully illuminating, particularly at a time where we're learning to be creative about how the church positions the message it brings to the world in very different ways to what we did maybe just a few years ago. Opening up the Bible, we need to start by going a long way back and see what the truth is that gives life to the church. We head back to Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 to 24, and it says this. The next day, Moses took a seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is it that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable people from among all the people, people who fear God, trustworthy people who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide for themselves. That will make you a load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. So the situation is obvious. 
Moses has been leading Israel through the desert for a long time and the community was moaning about many things. They were hungry and they were moaning. They were thirsty and they were moaning. They had disputes about stuff. They were just generally moaning. You can't really blame them. Moses wasn't in effect the shepherd or, or the leader of this congregation. And in this passage, we see him trying to be the person that does everything and solves all their problems. It takes Moses' father-in-law to say in verse 17, what you are doing is not good. And he goes on to su suggest a solution. Get a team, appoint others. That will make your load lighter, he says, because they will share it with you. Shared responsibility, teamwork, many people using their God-given gifts and abilities for the greater good. And like a good son-in-law, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. I hope my son-in-law is listening to that example today. You can check out another example of this exact situation in Numbers chapter 11, verse 10 through 17. Moses was a bit slow in learning this lesson and he kind of goes through the same process again, but he, he gets there in the end. When we look into the New Testament, we see numerous examples of Jesus telling people to look after each other. In essence, encouraging the new church to be the diverse church that he wants it to be. Here's some examples. In the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 16, we see Jesus interacting with Peter. Simon, son of John, or Peter, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Peter, a fisherman, asked to take care of Jesus' work. Or to the elders in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, Peter writes, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, because you are willing as God wants you to be. And as it is today, the, the elders at that time weren't professional ministry people. They weren't paid. And yet they were being asked to take roles in the newly established church. Contributors from the gifts and abilities that God had given to them. And possibly, as I have said many, many times over the years, is that some of the most challenging scriptures we see are directed to, to all people who are part of the church. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Or 1 Peter 1.22 again. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Or 1 John 3.11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. See, it's shared out. And then there's all the body of Christ language that we see in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 7, 27. Ephesians, Colossians. There are so many of them. Get my notes. You can look them up. I've listed them for you. It's so overwhelmingly obvious throughout the whole narrative of the Bible that the life of God's people does not depend on one or two people. It depends on multiple. The life and impact of the church depends upon all of us, according to our gifts and abilities, chipping in together for the good of the kingdom of God. I don't want this church, I don't want Windsor Park to be recognized for me because that will become a bit of a disappointment when people know my imperfections. 
In practice, this means putting to bed the conspiracy theory that the life of the church should be focused around any one person. The only one person that the church should be focused around is Jesus. And from that, we collectively are the people who should be representing Him in the communities that we live. If there is a vision that I hold for the 72nd chapter of our church, Windsor Park Baptist Church, is that we'll continue to be known for the love that we have for each other and that the fruit of that will be through the depth and width of our ministries that we all participate in. And I can't tell you how humbled I am by the story that we keep writing. The ministries we've run for many years and some of the new ones are categorically some of the most spirit-infused services that I know of. And the people that are involved, I can't tell you how, how good it is when I see the diversity of gifts and abilities at play across the many lives involved. You know, there are ministries that, that we can be so proud of. And there are ministries that people work in that I can't be involved in. And it's like kind of small fries, our childcare center. I can't be in there more than 10 minutes, let alone a whole day. There are so many lists of things like that. You know, one of my favorite events of the year and years gone by when we could do this was our volunteer appreciation events. When we have a huge range of young and old, tall and short and all kinds of other diversity gathered together, rubbing shoulders in one room. You know, a healthy church should be one where you and I ask some pointed questions of ourselves. Questions like this. How have I gone about recognizing the unique gifts and abilities that that God has given me? And how am I using those gifts and abilities to serve others? Or maybe a question like, who have I invited to be part of the faith journey of our church? Or perhaps, which two or, or three lives am I purposefully involved with where I can add something from my life experience and receive something from theirs? I'm an advocate for small groups, clearly. These are all pointed and challenging questions. But this is the mandate of the people of God who belong to the, to the way. This is what the Scriptures say gives life to the local church. When those outside the church can see the, the work collectively combining of many people, they can see the Spirit of God at work. You know, if the last two years have taught us anything at all, it's that the church needs to be a, a whole lot more than just a coming together on a building on a Sunday. If we've missed that message, we've missed an an important opportunity to redefine the church of the next generation and what it needs. Because as Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 20 says, it's by their fruit, the disciples of Jesus, that Christ will be evident. So may we be a community of faith with good fruit. A fruit that is constantly maturing, constantly growing, constantly being fed by the Spirit of God amongst us. And fundamentally, this is what is known as the, the priesthood of all believers, a foundation stone of Baptist churches for 400 plus years and hopefully a foundation for the next 400 years or until Jesus comes again. Today, if you know Christ as your Lord and Saviour, then you are a minister of the truth and you are a lover of the gospel. The pastor is not the the one. We are ministers together. Be good stewards of his grace and his truth in the way we live our lives. Let's pray. 
Father, we want to thank you that you uniquely gift us that in, in this church, the one that, that I serve called Windsor Park Baptist, there are literally hundreds of people representing hundreds and thousands of different gifts and abilities. I thank you for the privilege that I get to lead and to serve and to be part of this community. And the privilege it is to be surrounded by my brothers and sisters who are uniquely gifted to serve in ways that I can't. Father, I pray that we will catch a vision, a new vision for the church of our time. That collectively, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks, we, we can't do this alone. It is through the, the generosity of our hearts and coming together and working out our faith through relationship that we become better people, that we honor you more, and that your spirit does some of the most transformative work in our lives. So Father, I pray for those who struggle to know that they have worth or value, that you might speak into their lives today, that they might catch a glimpse of some of the gifts and abilities and the uniqueness that you have wired into their hearts. And that is as we continue to move into 2022 and all the opportunities that will be before us that we will know in the catch line that we often say, we are better together. That the scriptures show throughout the generations that you desire your people to, to work with one another. Some in more public ways, others in more private ways, but none more important than another. And so, Father, I give you thanks for our community and every faith community across our nation and across our world today. Help us not subscribe to the conspiracy that we are led by personality, unless that personality is Jesus Christ himself. Help us work out the various ways in which we contribute together to grow your church in ways that brings glory to you and ways that continue to shape our communities. So help us to hear what you are saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.